five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. So let's dig in and let's start with how are you doing today? Fine. Yeah. Four letter word. Here we go. Oh. So, how are you? Fine. Hey, mind your language. You know how many times we all say fine in a week? Fine. 28 times. It's the worst four letter F word there is. You know, just say how you really feel. Talk more. It helps. What's interesting about this commercial to me, besides that I got a chuckle out of it, uh, was that uh, it's basically only product placement. She's just eating a package of walkers. Uh, and there's the little logo up there. And so apparently she's a comedian in the UK. But basically it's 90% product placement. Nobody even holds it up. And she doesn't even hold it. You know, I mean, if you look at the at the uh, Lay's uh, commercial or whatever it was for the Super Bowl, they all had the, they, the – she does have the sliced, evenly sliced top, which I defy anybody to open a pack of chips and get that. You're more likely to have it explode into the air. Isn't even there. So this is more casual than that. But anyway, so how did they do on this commercial? Fine. Sorry, I couldn't resist, as you know. Okay, so now let's get over to the other side. Today is the real, the big day for March Madness, where everybody uh, gets crazy and all kinds of upsets and stuff. Uh, my alma mater, Wisconsin, doesn't play until tomorrow because uh, they're a number three seed, so they get a little bit, they start a little bit later. Uh, one of the things I didn't know was for every win in the tournament until the final four, which probably gets more money, uh, every team gets $2 million every for their conference. For their conference? That doesn't sound fair. Uh, the $2 million payout for a men's team that made the tournament in 2021, a payout made to each team's conference, uh, $337,000 in increments over six years. So if you wonder why a guy like Coach K can make maybe a couple of million bucks as you know one of the number one coaches in America, you say, well, how come a professor only makes a hundred grand and or an associate professor, 50 grand or whatever, and but the basketball coach gets millions. Well, this is why. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So for every win in the tournament until the Final Four, a team earns its conference another $2 million, and a Final Four win, a Final Four team, just making the Final Four, it sounds like, makes $10 million paid over six years. Okay, and then, of course, women's, but women's don't have any viewers. I mean, no offense, I don't mind that, you know, play whatever sports you want. But not everybody watches luge either, and so the money isn't the same. And that's the way, that's kind of the way it works. You divvy up the pie that there is, and there's a big pie. And uh, $3 billion is expected to be the payoff on this year's men's tournament. And uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Australian Hugh Jackman, tweeted that uh, Iowa basketball team crush it. No one seems to know the connection between Hugh Jackman and the, and the University of Iowa, or I don't know if it's, I, there's Iowa State and there's Iowa, so this is Iowa. 
And they did win the Big Ten tournament, I think. Uh, and so good for them. That was great. Um, I didn't really want Purdue or Illinois. Purdue has been overranked the entire year. And they finished, you know, second or third, third or fourth in the Big Ten, and they still were ranked in the top ten. And Wisconsin beat them twice, and they still didn't get ranked above Purdue ever. They got a seven foot four uh, center, and everybody thinks that's the key to basketball. But speaking of women's basketball, Iowa. Speaking of Iowa, had I watched the highlights of a game with Iowa playing someone else, the women's uh, team, and they scored over a hundred points uh, in the same amount of time as the men. And I thought, how did they do that? And then, and it was they they they're excellent three point shooters, and that's the way it's done. And that it's fascinating how the three point shot has changed basketball. Okay, let's get to the marketing news. Enough fun. Uh, okay, so nearly a third of Amazon shoppers are disappointed by quality or timeliness. You know, if you think that Amazon is a curated site where you only get quality products, you haven't ordered much on Amazon. If you think it's just a big warehouse, well, that's closer to the truth. It's like a Walmart without the store, okay, or you can't even tell what the junk is. So, 44% of the 1,000 shoppers surveyed reported that the product that they wanted wasn't in stock at least once a month, that they couldn't find what they wanted quickly. <coughs> Gregory Ng, uh, CEO of Brooks Bell, I didn't know what Brooks Bell was. Brooks Bell was founded in 1903 as a multidisciplinary technical and scientific consultancy serving the marine and energy sectors, but apparently they decided to look in on Amazon. So the challenge is that Amazon spent, this is the, the key, Amazon spent quite a bit of time pre-pandemic saying, we are in control of our own logistics. We have Amazon trucks. We have Amazon Prime shipping. And uh, there's just that there's things out of everyone's control. You can only do so much, but Amazon raised the expectations. <coughs> they talked so much about their efficiency and their scale that it's actually hurting them. So product shortages were across the board. Now, here's the funny part. <coughs> Amazon disappoints shoppers who come back anyway. Right? 74% of, of consumers go to Amazon daily or weekly with the intent to purchase, the survey said. 74% of consumers. 68% of consumers go to Amazon daily or weekly to browse. I I, I like to check Amazon. I almost never buy from them. They've messed up many, many orders that I've placed, partly because my my house is kind of off the map. And apparently they're not that good with maps because the street next to mine dead ends before my driveway. But I watched a prime truck go down this hill and kaboom, kaboom, and scrape the bottom of the truck because they decided that that was a connected road. So they don't obviously pay much attention. So, um, but... The, the funny part was, um, and 81% don't view Jeff Bezos favorably. I thought that was funny, and he's sort of stepped down. <coughs> but no matter how bad they treat you, uh, people go back. That's the funny part. Now, I've, I've been looking for this graph really a lot. And because, you know, I want to put it in perspective now. Of all the retail sales, the orange is the e-commerce sales, okay? And Amazon gets about half of that, 
Okay, so we'll put a little slice in there. We'll give Amazon most of it, or almost half of it. Um, but in comparison to retail, and this excludes car sales and and bars and restaurants and a lot of other things. It's not it's it's retail sales. Although what's interesting was that retail total retail included catalog sales and catalog phone uh, sales. And I thought that was interesting because you know who orders in a cat on a catalog and doesn't just go to their website, right? You browse the catalog, then you go to the website, or you might pick up the phone. But that seems more like e-commerce than anything. But they don't include that, so you know, not that that amounts to a hill of beans. But uh, here's another interesting factoid that. U.S. online penetration, this is e-commerce sales versus offline sales. And this is where the catalogs were excluded. And what you see is that it's grown. Uh, it's about doubled, a little more than doubled since 2012, which is kind of when we started tracking anything. So it's a really new trend. And uh, but, but here's the best part, or the most interesting part, is that it's 19%. Uh, 2020 where it jumped up a lot because of the pandemic and you couldn't get into a retail store your favorite retail store you might be able to get to walmart um so but it and it didn't go down which is something but it's no more of a percentage of sales now than ever and that may be you know it may level off somewhere like that uh 20 30 something like that i don't expect it to take over everything and neither does amazon or they wouldn't be buying the Whole Foods and uh, other things like that because, is it Whole Foods that they bought? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. The, anyway, but they're buying more retail, retail outlets, retail stores, okay? So, uh, so we're going to see something like that. But, you know, it's also handy to be able to fill your shopping cart uh, if you want and go to the grocery. So that's kind of where I expect it to go. Okay, now this is an interesting article by Jenny uh, Stanley, and it looks how, and basically it it takes this position that suddenly direct mail has changed and gotten all these superpowers because of its integration with digital. You know, because direct mail is digital, all of a sudden uh, it's, you know, it's launching. Now, um, as I always, as I'm going to keep saying, QR is enough. We know what a QR is. We can call it a QR. We don't have to waste the ink or the pixels on codes. Okay, so we're going to just talk about QR, right? And uh, so there's some good statistics here. Engagement with direct mail is up from 91% to 96%, which is something. Um, I don't know how, you know, Apparently, some people throw the mail away without looking at it at all, which is possible, I suppose. Uh, and so, you know, it's hard to move those numbers up that much. But again, these are just sort of survey numbers. It seems to me that everybody has to kind of look at it before they throw it out. And that, that's more engagement than I get with most of my uh, most of my uh, <laughs> digital most of my digital equipment. Those under 24 are 40% more likely to claim that mail can change their mind about a brand. Okay, that's something. Uh, direct mail, com 
you know, this is, it's deliverable, okay? There, it's connected with postal mail. Now, um, you know, and then, yeah, you can add a QR code. Paper is recyclable, more than pixels. And uh, apparently this agency created a new digital mail service. You know, and I'd be cautious about that because it looks like it requires the download of a special app, which is what killed the QR code in the first place. Um, digital direct mail offers a range of possibilities, which are endless. <laughs> okay. Well, we be good at, when you have endless possibilities and ultimate and infinite, you might want to give an illustration of like a couple of finite ones because there really aren't any. Um, tracking. We've always had tracking, but um, apparently, um, again, this digitized direct mail can give you GDPR compliant um, customers, can help you prospect. And, and you know, um, a Canadian printer said to me, they're never going to they're never going to make mail illegal you know, unsolicited mail because they they collect postage on it. So the government tends to keep things, keep revenue streams around and legal. Uh, the problem with email is they just don't make any money on it. And so they've made it illegal to prospect with email, basically, in the, in the uh, EU GDPR, okay? So uh, pretty good article. I'll have it posted in a few minutes over on... Uh, w on WDMA.org, and we're going to have a meetup at 2 p.m. next Thursday, a week from today. Next Thursday, a meetup, uh, 2 p.m. Central Time, and an email went out to that effect yesterday, and we'll get the, uh, if you want to go look on WDMA, we'll get that up yet today. Um, but look for the email if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever encountered the WDMA, and I'll also post it up on the, uh, up on the group in Facebook, or in, uh, well, it's in Facebook, but I don't do much on that one. In LinkedIn, I'll put it up on the on the WDMA group, and you'll see it there, too, and a couple of the other groups I always do. And I think we've invited a special guest, but up to this point, it'll be remain a mystery. And if not, we'll just have a good time like we always do and learn a lot. We always learn something. Have a great day. Like and share. Share. I get a lot more likes than shares. Give it a share. See what happens. Bye-bye.